You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This... It's off air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in. Episode four, Off Air podcast. Of course, you know, I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by Steven Gagliano, Stevie G, Gags. Whatever you want to call them, just don't call them late for dinner. We need a, but I'm added to the the list, Steve. That would Um, be the perfect time for that. Yeah. Uh, What's going on, man? How's how's the week been? How's the steakhouse? How's your producing, anchoring, digitaling duties going? You're coming to us live, as you always do, from the always exclusive, never intrusive 92.9 The Game Update Anchor Studios. Yeah, I got to start renting it out. Bo Johnson used it for uh, for Two Dudes Same Fantasy, their Facebook live stream the other day. So he came in here and, and kind of he took my sequestered update studio here. So I got to start charging kind of an hourly rate uh, for this thing. But, yeah, don't uh, get bullied around, man. You got to stand your ground. We have this now is my, that this everyone, is my territory in here. Now, I need a little sign next to the 92.9 sign. Now that everyone's back at the studio, uh, you know, space is limited. You gotta, exactly. you gotta grab you gotta your Steve, the voice guys studio here next. Um, it, there's only so many working, uh, computer stations in our newsroom. There's only so many free recording studios that we have. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a man versus wild situation going on here right now. It's survival of the fittest. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Which podcast will survive? <laughs> Two dudes, same fantasy versus off air. Uh, mortal, this mortal town Kombat. ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat style executioner <laughs> finishes on the line. Um, all right, obviously, you know, as always, we got a jam packed show for all of y'all. We want to start with something a little interesting this week because things are popping in Atlanta, Steve, to say the least. We get to work on Monday, Braves, Falcons, UGA. Georgia Tech firing their entire coaching staff, basically, and their AD. Um, So the question then becomes, what do we talk about first? What do we talk about second? What do we talk about third? What is the most important story? Braves in a pennant race, tied for first place as of today. Falcons coming off their first win of the season. UGA looked against Kent State and Samford. Which for how good they've looked all season, looking eh is a big deal. Right. So, you know, they're they're, they're cruising against these teams that they should beat, but it's not 75-0. Um, and then Georgia Tech, 
Jeff Collins, gone. The AD, gone. So now what do they do? That program is in shambles and starting over. Um, there's just there's just so many things to talk about. So it's interesting from a producer standpoint because you want to come out of the gate fire. And Football Monday, that kind of takes care of itself. Falcons especially getting their first win. But for the rest of the week, you know, there's just so many storylines. So, you know, when you're prepping for the steakhouse, what, what goes into your mind when you guys are having your show meetings and saying, all right, this is what the people need to hear first because it is the most important story going on in the city of Atlanta right now. So, so yeah, Monday, it's interesting. And we kind of were going back and forth on email, you know, Sunday night as things were unfolding. And the topic, it was Falcons first. And that, I think, is because they won. I think if they lost, I think it may have been a situation where we go, you know, we mentioned the loss off the top of here we go again. This opens up a bigger conversation about Desmond Ritter, Kyle Pitts, all that kind of stuff, but then maybe move into Braves because that's, you know, the, the pennant race, the winning team at the moment. But after the Falcons won and held on miraculously, I think that's where the focus, you know, shifted, was back towards Falcons on a Monday. But, you know, for the rest of the week now, it's allowed us to get into those other things much more expansively because we didn't hit it all necessarily on Monday. And and also the other thing I didn't mention is the storm that we got brewing that's affecting yeah. sports. A uh, real life story. Yeah, especially in Florida. And we obviously send out our best wishes to everyone in Florida and then uh, how that affects sports around the country and here in Atlanta, which the, the controversy brewing here, and I'm sure you guys talked about it, is what do the Braves and Mets do with their schedule? Because there's a chance that Saturday becomes a complete wash because that's when we're going to get uh, the brunt of our rain and wind and storms and everything like that. So there's a few things to be talked about from that angle. One is, do you move the game to Thursday night, one or potentially even a doubleheader, or do you move the game to a different site entirely um, or do you chance it and try to make it work as is? Um, for me, I don't know why you wouldn't play on Thursday because it's a it's an off day for both teams, and it just makes sense. And that and that question then becomes another bullet point in the topic list of things that need to be talked about because now not only is the on the field stuff really interesting because the Mets and the Braves are in a virtual tie, but now you get this weather element thrown in too. I, I mentioned in an article on 92.9thegame.com, I said the only thing that can kind of squash the excitement for this series is Mother Nature. So, mm. I mean, this is a series we've literally been talking about now for, what, like a month leading up to it, and there's been so much anticipation, so much hype. It would be a, a shame if, you know, something were to happen to it. And obviously there are real life things at stake, like we mentioned with the weather, but from a sports specific standpoint, you know, if the series has to get shifted around, I think it would, I think it would be kind of a disservice to how epic this series has been built up to be. But yeah, we, we mentioned it a lot. We had a, uh, we had Fox five chief meteorologist, David, uh, I'm going to get his last name right, wrong real quick. Uh, Chanley, David Chanley. We Fox had him on. Five. 
we had him on to talk about the hurricane and its potential impact. He mentioned that Friday was probably more your game in jeopardy. Uh, but these things can literally change on a dime. And I'm going to hit the bell on myself here for a second. And yeah! Inside yeah! media, a nice hey, deep dive here. We got our production. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My background in, uh, in Mississippi, I did a lot of, of weather coverage as a news director. And we did live coverage of Hurricane Ida, I think was the, the last one that we really did while I was there. We were on the air for four hours straight, just watching this thing. So I know these things can literally change like that. I mean, the way a hurricane can be, you know, its path can look like it's coming straight at you. Then at the last second, boom, it shifts to the east right. or the west. Or So it's so hard to predict what these, you know, storms are going to do. Uh, but, you know, we got the experts on the air to talk about it. And, and that's all we can do as, you know, a station that reaches a lot of people is try to keep them as informed as we possibly can. Fox 5. And for those who missed what the bell represents from our first episode, we did a little bit of an on-air production meeting where we were discussing what elements we need to start incorporating into the show. And anytime Steve gives you a nugget like that or I give you a nugget like that, we hit the media nugget bell. And that shows you an instance in which we're taking you behind the scenes. So our first instance of the media nugget bell was put in place today. Episode four, a momentous day in the off air podcast lore. And we'll be implementing a lot more of those as we go along. Um, that was the first official one. The other ones uh, we were playing from a phone and holding it up to the speaker of the computer. So we're getting way more efficient now. Yeah. That's how we rock in 2022 with all the modern technological advances. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so interesting too. And then, and then you get the, the whole Georgia tech thing, which is something that's really important, but once the actual firings take place and you kind of discuss where the program should go and any hypothesis that have been thrown out there, it's it's a, it goes to the back burner a little bit just because it's slower to develop as opposed to the Braves that are playing every day and the Falcons that go through a game week and everything else that's going on in the city with the storm like we just talked about. But it's still important to talk about. So I think, for instance, today, I think what, who was it? Somebody somebody spoke from the Yellow Jackets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, the, uh, the president, the interim athletic director and the interim head coach all spoke. Okay, so so for example, again, uh, can I get a media nugget bell, please? Yes, sir. So when I get in t- a little later this afternoon, when the episode will be released tomorrow morning, I will, of course, locate and include that sound on our cut sheet, which is the sheet of audio that is given to the host every day, created by yours truly, and the sound from Georgia Tech will be played and thus the subject will be broached once again. 
but which that sound is in the in the system because I cut it up. Hey, there you go. And the system for you. And the system, there you go, dig it again, <laughs> is the collective um sort of think think of it for those out there who work in an office setting as almost our cloud. That's that's our space where you know audio and video and highlights and play-by-play and things that we collect from the radio station who's ever out there collecting the sound or cutting it up in the newsroom uploads it to one central location so all the shows can come in and pull from it when it's time to produce the show and there talk about a cloud that is full of rain is that cloud there is sound in there from mike budenholzer mike smith Oh, uh, Freddie Gonzalez, all this stuff dating back to, you know, this station is now 10 years old or it will be 10 years old That's coming right. up. There is sound probably from day one in that system. So if, if we ever lose that for whatever reason, there's a whole lot of audio that will be gone. And uh, some of it probably we won't miss, but yeah. Some of uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple days that come to mind that, uh, we're not exactly a shining beacon for the city of Atlanta, but hey, a couple in the last in the last year or two that are. There's all the sound from the championship parade from the Braves and Georgia and and everything like that. So there there is some silver lining to negate the overwhelming black cloud that you that you just referenced there. And it's all thing- organized very well. I I don't mean to say that it's all jumbled together in one thing. It's all very well very well organized. By date, as a matter of fact, it's it's yes. that simple, folks. So, uh, although uh, Steve does work very hard and works his magic as the jack of all trades for the radio station, uh, modern technology has advanced to help him in creating a very organized way that we can all go back and grab all the wonderful audio you hear on the station all day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply long and with that we shall transition which is another sounder we are working on as i transition us from topic to topic here on off air okay we were just talking about a dark cloud unfortunately steve there's a lot of dark clouds going on in sports right now um ime udoka and what's going on in boston with the scandal there robert sarver out in phoenix who's going to be have to who's going to have to sell the team uh, Daniel Snyder in Washington. I mean, you name it. There's there's stuff going on all over sports right now. Um, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson thing. Yep. of course. Uh, but Steve, again, I'm going to be blunt. It almost seems like it doesn't matter, and that's so sad to say. Yeah, I mean, again, we like we did with the weather for the Braves Mets series coming up. You separate the two. Obviously, these things matter from a real-life standpoint, and there are real people involved, and in certain cases, real victims involved. But from a sports standpoint and a viewership standpoint for people, people are always going to watch. because. And I, I think what it comes down to is people root for teams at the end of the day. They don't root laundry. for – Right. They don't root for an organization. They don't root for a for – a, 
owner or a player specifically. And, you know, they do in, in the instances on game day, but overall you root for the team and you're a part of that team. And that team is a part of you as a fan. Yeah. And it gets so complicated too, right? Because you're talking about separating the two things, but um, what percentage of people during game day, like for instance, week 11, when Deshaun Watson comes back, if the Browns beat up their opponent um, and he scores a rushing touchdown, what percentage of the people watching that are Browns fans or that have Deshaun Watson on their fantasy team are going to be thinking about the victims of what he's alleged to have done. That's Zero. right. And, and it's, un, you know, again, it's an unfortunate thing, but that's just the reality. And, and that's, that's why sports is such a unique cauldron for the mix of societal issues and race issues and gender equality and things like that, because it, it highlights them so well, but it also shows the, the grim reality of what the average fan um, think, not necessarily thinks about it, because I think most people would agree that these things are bad and shouldn't be happening. If you don't, then well, listen, I got, I got nothing for you. But um, when it comes to affecting their game day experience or how they watch the game or going to the games or protesting the games, it's a fraction of a percent of people that are actually willing to say, yeah, this is wrong and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's yeah, this is wrong. Uh, but the game starts at seven and I'm going to be in my recliner with a beer and popcorn watching. And I'm going to uh, not agree with the morality of it, but it's also not something that's going to cause me to stop being a fan. And it, and like, should it like that? That's what it comes down to. Like it, it's such a gray line, right? Steve, like, is it our responsibility to stop rooting for our favorite fan bases because there's bad guys or gals on the team? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's in the contract. There is no contract. Yeah. I, it, it's a really hard question. And I, I go back to what I said, as far as you root for the, the team as a whole, the history of that team and all of that. And I think every, every company, every team is always going to have stuff. It's going to come up over time. And if you, you know, if you just completely disassociated yourself from every company or everything that had some stuff in their history, there'd be no products left to purchase. There'd be no teams left to root for. So right. I think at the end of the day, it can't be that simple of, this team did this one thing and I'm going to stop watching. And I think that's what keeps us coming back. Yeah. And it's like, you can apply it to so many other areas too, where the gray just completely takes over. Like I think a lot more people have, for instance, in music have stopped listening to like R Kelly, as opposed to Michael Jackson, even though they're both accused of doing really, really bad things. But because Michael Jackson is at a certain level and R. Kelly's much further down the rank in terms of his popularity and talent as a musician, he doesn't get as big of a pass. Michael Jackson is perhaps the most talented musician of all time. And he 
I don't want to say he does get a pass because I think, again, it's something that's in everybody's head, maybe even as you're listening to the music, but separating the art from the artist is the cliche that gets tossed around there. But if you go to any wedding or any party or you know nightclub, Michael Jackson still played all the time. I don't think Ignition Remix by Arkell, I think that's been taken out of the playlist, which is so interesting. So, yep. like, for instance, in sports – a guy like Barry Bonds, because he hasn't come clean and admitted what he did, and he's kind of an ass about it, he's been sort of shunned from the public light. A-Rod admitted what he did, even though he's also been kind of an ass about it, but because he's admitted and asked for public forgiveness, he's hosting, he's co-hosting Sunday Night Baseball. Two he great made players. a plan out of being an ass about it, I think. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I mean, kudos to him. You know, We're in the world of sports media, and we know – you know, how things kind of how they play out. We've watched that play out and he's done it kind of to a T. Barry Bonds, on the other hand, was never friendly to anybody during his career and now post his career. Even he had that stint with the with the Marlins as their hitting coach and that didn't go well. So he didn't endear himself to the right people like A-Rod did to kind of recover from all of that. And that's why oh. with, the, with the Aaron Judge race, that's why you're still getting the hype you know, with that of the record of, you know, the record I put in quotes of 62, because there are a lot of people that don't legitimize the 73 from Barry Bonds. Yeah, exactly. And do I think that, for example, uh, TD Garden is not going to be full to the brim on opening night? Are you yeah, kidding me? The team the that, team that made, made, the yeah, made the finals, one of the five best players in the NBA and Jason Tatum. You'd be foolish to think that. Same thing in Phoenix, a team that was in the finals two years ago. Uh, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, you know, DeAndre Ayton. And it, the, the sports calendar and the sports clock just kind of moves on. No matter, no matter how bad the scandal or how bad the cover-up, um, there have been guys that have done as little as a, a car accident and as much as murder. And all from that spectrum, nothing has been able to stop sports and nothing has been able to stop uh, teams from putting their product out on the field and the fans watching. And the fans are ultimately the like if they're if whatever, however many people the Brown Stadium holds in Cleveland, if all those people collectively decided to walk out of the stadium when Deshaun Watson took the field, then you'd see change. But until something like that of that magnitude happens, it's going to remain the same thing. Talent's going to trump all. Viewership is going to trump all. Money's going to trump all. And the the sports calendar is just going to keep flipping to the next page. Yeah. And there's, then there's the, the kind of the individual level of all this too. You see guys that get a second chance and the unfortunate part about it is even if it's an egregious act, whatever they do, if they have talent or if an organization sees value in that person, they're going to find a way to give them a second chance. You're going to see it with yep. the Browns. I think you're going to see it with Ime Adoka. I don't think he'll be the coach of the Celtics when he comes back from a year-long suspension. I don't see that marriage you know, kind of ending well. That was not a pun, but sometimes you stumble on those things. <laughs> Um, but I, there's going to be another team that fires their coach after the season that says, wait a minute, this guy's young. 
He's charismatic. He's one of the best coaches in, in the ranks in the NBA, took his team to the finals. Well, sure, we're going to hire him. Do we condone what he did before? No, but he can help our organization now. Or at the very least, he'll go to college for a couple of years and then get rehired right. back into the NBA. So don't be surprised if uh, you see him on the sidelines at Wake Forest or, you know, Temple or one of those one of those type of schools. And then two years later, he's coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves or something like that. Um, that's that's usually how so that is the owner. Right. Hey, tie it all together, baby. You know, give yourself a ding for that, Steve. You, you just, you deserve it. Good, good media, good media mind right there. Um, there it is. All right. Our second, second. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline final transition our hall of fame audio clip of the week for those who don't know every episode we give you our hall of fame audio something that we've heard either on one of our shows or just by listening and watching sports media that we think is worth discussing uh this week we keep it local uh chuck smith former falcon great now regular on dukes and bell you can catch him every tuesday and friday at 220 he breaks down everything Falcons and NFL. He joined this week, and he says, basically, the Falcons have found a new identity with Cordero Patterson, who was just named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So let's hear him, and then Steve and I will break down if this is a good thing or a bad thing for the Dirty Birds. The goal line is doing better work. I think they've been challenged. I really like what they're doing. Now think about something that's different than last year. They're running the ball. The Falcons are running yep. the ball, so teams now, they can't just sit back and say, hey, we're just going to throw all day or Matt Ryan's going to be in the pocket. They're running the ball. And the one thing I talked about that I wanted the Falcons, when everybody says, what's going to be their personality? For years, I always struggled with the past regime when we're always built about, what, wide receivers. All we're going to do is be finesse. <laughs> this team is tough. Yeah, they are. And it's been great watching CP through the first three weeks work. Um, I think he had something like 17 carries for 140 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, but here's the question, Steve. Are we going to be able to do this all season? And should we care if we're going to be able to do this all season? Because CP's an older an older guy. Uh, he's not, you know, he'll be in the short-term plans, obviously. But, you know, he's not going to be on the team five years from now. He's just not. Um, so... Is the narrative to UCP as the workhorse back a good thing or a bad thing for the Falcons? Yeah, so I think it's a good thing again until you know until the what's the what's the term I'm looking for here? The uh, train runs off the tracks. There we go. Right. And I think the key to it though that can happen, and you can continue that physical identity if one thing happens. If Tyler Algier becomes the physical runner that the Falcons think he can be, then you can kind of continue this on and have some of the load taken off Cordero Patterson. Because at the end of last season, we saw it. We saw him kind of tail off 
because, you know, running Big that time, kind of yeah. physical style, yeah, it gets to you after a while. So if you can find somebody to kind of help him and give some extra carries to Tyler Algier, that I think is the key to continuing this on through a full, you know, 17 weeks. Yeah, and you hope that at the very least this model is transferable. What I mean by that is in probably a year or two when CP's just about done because I think he's I think he's 31 right now. Um, he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on him because he didn't play running back for most of his career. So we might be able to squeeze an extra year, maybe two out of him, which would be great because he's been arguably the best player on the team the past couple seasons. He's a fan favorite now. He's great with the media. He's a great guy to root for. So I would love to see him here as long as possible. But we all know the inevitability of running backs just reach a certain point and. I think more so than any other position in the sport, they just fall off a cliff because you take one too many hits, you you get that one big injury that you just can never recover from, and things just aren't the same. But if the model's transferable, that's great for the Falcons as long as Arthur Smith is the head coach because then whether it's Algier or the next guy, you can implement the same offensive system. Yeah, and it's funny what you said there about the about a running back kind of tailing off and one injury that they just never recover from. It triggered a, a memory of being at the station one day, and that was when Todd Gurley joined Dukes and Bell. Ah, uh, this was you know post his Falcons career. He's obviously he's out of the league now, but him on with Dukes and Bell talking about his role in that offense, what he thought it was versus what it became. When he cursed on the air, that was a moment, you know, talk about being behind the scenes, watching, you know, you guys in there trying to figure out exactly how to handle it, us out in the bullpen area, just laughing and reacting to what he said, and all of that coming together to then push that moment out online and digitally and all that kind of stuff for probably one of our best days digitally that this station has had in its 10-year history. That was that was an absolutely incredible day and an incredible example of what in the moment sports talk radio is but yeah. you know, it's a the the running back kind of conundrum is one that kind of started with Todd Gurley and it started with Zeke Elliott when they got these big contracts and then oh. all of a sudden they can't perform and I think what the Falcons did with Cordero Patterson is really smart they they signed him to a, a value deal they drafted a guy that they think can be a good running back for the next couple of years in Algier and, and we'll see what happens. And the other guy that's supposed to be in the mix, Damian Williams, we haven't really seen him because he got hurt in like the second series of the first game, by the way, for those who don't know what Steven's talking about, Todd Gurley came on. He was uh, promoting, I think it was fan controlled football, which yep. is the league where the fans call the plays. I think he's an owner of one of the teams and the guys basically asked him like, Hey, like, you know, you were here for a minute and then gone. Like, what happened? And his response was, "GD Dirk Cutter," and that was all anyone needed to hear. And the soundbite is saved forever in my folder in the cloud that we were talking about yes. earlier. Hey, give me the That's bell. That's what we can't afford to lose. Give me the bell. Yeah, we're doing a good job of wrapping everything together today. Um, I called my own shot there. Um, and, I, and I'm not, and you know what, damn it, I'd do it again. Um. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, so I just think that the Falcons need to just just do their best. I mean, it's going to be, again, game by game, week by week, because it just it's all so situational. If you're getting into a shootout with a team and he only gets 10 carries, that's great. And maybe the next week you can give him 18, 19, 20. I think trying to give him 18, 19, 20 every game is not the best strategy for the team. Um, like you said, unless Algier Williams comes back and they're, they're able to have sort of a triple option there in terms of guys that they can split the carries with. Um, but CP's always going to, as long as he's here and as long as he's healthy, I think he's now established himself as the lead dog in the backfield, which was not the role we really brought him here for he was supposed to be a hybrid guy play some receiver play some running back maybe even a little like hybrid tight end situation line him up in the slot because he can play everywhere but all of a sudden towards you know the first I'd say quarter of the season last year just sort of clicked that he's he's a guy that really fits in Arthur Smith's system and if you look at him and then you look at guys like Derrick Henry you're like oh so Arthur Smith just wants a guy that's going to come in here and basically run people over, which is a really fun way to play football if you could do it right. Now, last year, it was a little bit tougher because you had a statue back there, quarterback. Love you, Matt, but he can't move. Marcus Mariota can move, which creates a lot of different opportunities. And the offensive line wasn't as good as they've played the first three weeks of this season. So now he's really getting to shine because the second year of Arthur Smith, he's been able to bring in some more of type of his guys and his system is being implemented. Now, Steve, we just got to basically pray that CP stays upright and continues to lead the offense. That's all we can do. And, you know, and the thing you mentioned there about bringing guys in, the one area that they didn't necessarily bring guys in was the offensive line. And and that's that's a, a, a group, I think, this year that just has benefited from an offseason with Arthur Smith rather than kind of changing things up. So that's one where a lot of people around the office and on the station listeners and hosts alike had a lot of questions. And through the first, you know, three weeks of the season, I think they've, they've shown their ability to grow within Arthur Smith's system. And that allows a guy like Cordero Patterson to have the success that he's having. Yeah. There's really only, only left guard was really the only position that changed, you know, they didn't give Caleb McGarry his option. So he came in motivated, Um, you know, center Dahlman's been, you know he's been okay. I think him and the penalties Mariota, in there, yeah. Penalties and the fall, and the, more so for me, it's the the snaps with Mariota. Mm-hmm. I think they need to get on the same page. But Hennessy's there too, and who knows? Maybe we'll see some sort of rotation between the two of them. But the bottom line is the Falcons have been one of the best running teams in football through the first three weeks of the season. And kudos to Couture, to if I could say his name right, kudos to Cordero Patterson for being named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. All right, that'll do it. Episode four, Off Air, in the books. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my co-host Stephen Gagliano. Please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. You can hit me up on social media. I am at C. Thomas Radio, and Steve, you are? I'm at Peeve Gagliano. I got to throw mine in in the little bio thing like you have. Yeah. I'll do that next time. 
Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get you. We're gonna work on your Twitter handle too, because we want as many people to to find you as as possible. All right, we'll catch you guys on Tuesday. This has been the Off Air Podcast.